All right. Hey, True Health listeners and True Matters listeners. Um, this is Mikhail, and today I have with me Kelsey Erickson from Everme & Co. Kelsey is actually our wonderful um, opera- Director of Operations, Mariah's sister, and I was introduced to her through Mariah. Kelsey is an intuitive life coach, a spiritual healer, and human design expert who blends spirituality with strategy. She believes if we focus too much on strategy, then we're trying to live life by the book, and that book is often written by someone else for someone else. If we focus too much on spirituality, we often lose our connection to the practical practical purpose we have here on earth. Kelsey is exceptionally gifted at bringing these two worlds together, and she is going to teach us how to do the same today. So Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you here. I would love for you just to jump in and introduce yourself and then give us a little more information on kind of what led you to the current path that you're on. Yeah, well, like Mikhail said, I'm Kelsey Erickson, owner and founder of Everme & Co. I started my company in 2016 really um, because I was seeking all of those same things. You know, how do I you know, chart my own course? How do I live my life purpose? How do I live passionately? And what does that all look like? And how do I help other people do the same? Um, a couple things about me. I just recently moved across the country to California. So really in a season of change and exploring what life is like out here. Um, married and have a little dog named Pico. And uh, in my free time, I like to do things that support uh, essentially the mission of my company, which is things like self-reflection and reading, love a good book, love a good podcast, journaling, um, anything creative, so painting, writing poetry, things like that um, are all very important to me um, as well just, as just like overall wellness. So I'm a yoga instructor, uh, like running, things like that. And yeah, there's just a lot of different ways that you can live purposely and live with intention. And I think I'm a walking example of that. Awesome. I love that so much. I think a lot of the people that are probably listening um, come from some type of a corporate background in which we're kind of told to do things, as you said in your bio, by the book. Um, What's a way that you found to stray from that path or to like actually start listening to yourself and your needs and kind of live a little bit more purposefully? Oh, I'm sure it happened through some sort of self-reflection. So the first thing that comes to mind is if you haven't ever done before completing a values exercise where you go through and identify what your core values are, Uh, these can change over time, but you can consider them to be guiding pillars in your life as to, you know, what do you stand for? What do you want your life to look like? What do you want to be known for? Asking a lot of really big questions and actually putting pen on paper can be really illuminating because it is often in that intimate act of writing in which you can see, you know, what's really true to you versus um, what you might have been doing because like you said, you've been told, you know, you read that book that everyone is supposed to read and you were doing that thing. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And how do you know um, within your body or within just like your own being that you're living purposefully? Like, what does that feel like to you? It feels a lot like not really caring what other people are thinking or um, maybe a different way of explaining it is just getting getting myself out of other people's heads about me. Mm -hmm. So just really staying focused on what my path is, what it is that I want to be doing, um, being really clear on my own thoughts. Like, again, that's why I go back to self-reflection so much, because if you don't 
if you're not clear on whose thoughts you're listening to, whose opinions are guiding you, then you don't know who's leading the way, right? It could be you, maybe, but it could be, you know, the opinion of a parent or the opinion of your boss or a mentor, things like that. Um, it's just helpful to sort through like which voice is coming through and making sure that you are listening to your own. Absolutely. I think there's been a few situations in which I've taken to heart something that someone has said, or maybe even, you know, having shared something online and it's a complete stranger and I wouldn't even be able to pick them out of a crowd. And it's pretty incredible how we can allow those things to penetrate us, but they're never somebody that we would actually go to to ask for advice. And that's something or that we would trust their opinion in anything else in life. And so that's kind of something I've asked myself at times if the opinion of somebody or even just someone's energy that day seems to be getting to me, I'll pause and not in a way to discredit them as a human, but in order to like decide what I allow to affect me and not affect me, I'll, I'll even just ask that, is this someone whose opinion I value enough that I would come to them and seek their advice? And if not, then like, why am I letting this ruin my entire day? You know, and it's so much easier said than done. But um, I love what you said about kind of getting yourself out of their minds or just Maybe, you know, the age old saying it's not your business what someone else thinks of you. And sometimes I, you know, revert back to that, too, that we're all kind of on our own paths. And um, I think sometimes we can not only get out of our own ways, but like get other people out of our ways, um, which allows us to live a lot more purposefully. Um, how did you discover the different types of kind of creative mediums that allow you to express yourself? I think another, I was just having a conversation last night actually with somebody that is very logical and he was saying, I want to be creative so bad, but I think that we often, again, get in our own way when it comes to that. So like what advice or suggestions would you have for people that are trying to be more purposeful and maybe playful with their own creativity and finding things that kind of work well for them? Yeah, a couple of things come up. I mean, I think the first thing, <clears throat> the underlying aspect of self-reflection and the things we've been talking about so far is awareness, just being aware of why you're doing certain things, why you're thinking certain things, um, what is impacting you. If you can grow that self-awareness muscle, I think that's huge. The other thing um, that comes up to me is through that, by getting to know yourself, you start to realize like your unique, um, let's call it blueprint for how life is supposed to look. So actually, let's not call it a blueprint. Let's call it a book to go through or to tie it back to the opening. There is a book that someone else wrote that's for someone else, but sometimes we end up reading it. But there is also a book that you write with your life, your values, your purpose. And as you get connected to that, it becomes really clear what it is that you need. Um, it's also within that you start to trust the things you like to do, the things you don't like to do. And that's where a lot of um, insight about your creativity can come through. So for a long time, I didn't think I was creative at all. I don't, I would never have called myself that because I associated creativity with someone who went to art school. And I don't think that's the case. I think we are all every single human being is creative in their own way whether it's through how they think or how they speak or the physical acts that they do and they those might be art based but they might not um so when you get connected to yourself and you know that book that thing that tells you really what's true to you what you like what you dislike i think that can reveal to you how you can best use your creativity so through a lot of trial and error for me of understanding like what are my hobbies where do i want to spend my time like that's how a lot of these things came up for me um like writing poetry or 
or actually dabbling in the creative arts through like painting or drawing. But it also, it came through for me as a strength as well. So it was something like, you know, they say, you know, take strengths finders, for example, and like lean into your strengths, like but work on your strengths, obviously work on your weaknesses too, but like your strengths are probably where you're going to have the most uh, bang for your buck, so to speak. So as I started to see myself as creative, because for me, that shows up in just the way that I think, the way that I see things, my perspective is very creative. Um, that allowed me to just embrace more of what I was doing more uh, intentionally because I saw that in myself. Yeah. And I don't think I would have seen that in myself had I not spent the time to say, okay, what does this look like to me? What resonates with me? Does this actually sound like me? Is that the type of person that I am? Yeah, definitely. And then trusting that because I think that it takes like severing the ties of what the whole world has told you, you either are or you should be to actually tune in and listen to the things to help you get to the right page of the book that you are supposed to be on rather than the book that everyone's telling you you should be on. Um, and with that, it kind of, um, you know, brings to mind that there's often a lot of feelings of maybe shame or guilt or, um, I don't know, just that, that feeling of, um, either, oh shoot, I should have been doing things so differently for so long, or even with awareness comes like holding the mirror to yourself. And it's very, very confronting just to like, start to actually see yourself. Um, and with creativity, I feel that that kind of happens as well of, I did this thing and it's like a lot of judgment I think comes, comes around it. So what are some things that you've done as you've navigated, just getting to know yourself better to kind of, um, release some of that shame or that judgment that often shows up when we start to really take a long, hard look at ourselves. Yeah, I, I'm going to break that down into two things because I think they're slightly different. So the first thing I will say is you're hitting on something that is that mirror moment where you start to see that there are parts of your life that you you don't even recognize yourself in or you're like, how did I get here? How did this happen? Uh, and the way I've learn to navigate that is through this um, two-sided coin. One side of the coin says life is short. So like hurry up and do something about this. And the other side of this coin says life is long, really playing the long game on how it is that you're going to either adjust or re-navigate through certain aspects of your life, giving yourself the time and space and grace to undo things that don't feel in alignment. Um, because you can't do it all at once. And if you try to do that all at once, you're you're probably not going to end up painting as great of a masterpiece for your life as you will if you allow things to happen um, intentionally and in the order in which they are meant to happen. The second part of that, um, I think that you're hitting on is as it relates to feelings of shame or like as you start to change and put yourself out there and things start to look and feel differently for you, dealing with some of that external uh, judgment or opinion, um, or again, going back to like, what does someone else think of me? What is that? Um, the thing that helped me through that the most is a book and actually it's kind of a, a program called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And it's a 12 week program and it's, it's, it's specific about creativity, but I think it's actually touching on just the broader human experience, but it guides you through a lot of the places in which you might have limiting beliefs or things that really need to be sorted through or let go of so that you can fully step into that lane or that version of you that is in alignment and 
you know, doesn't make you want to run for the hills when you have that mirror moment, right? Because you're feeling in alignment, you're feeling true to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, same to your two parts. The first part, I feel like we can't punish ourselves for not knowing what we didn't know. And I think sometimes it can feel almost like that mirror moment where it's like, how did I not see this before? And it can really feel overwhelming because it feels like it's always been there. And it's just like, where, what, where was I looking or how did I not see this? And we kind of have two choices in that moment to actually just allow ourselves to see it and move forward with new information or hold ourselves in punishment and purgatory that we somehow didn't see it earlier or didn't understand it earlier. And, you know, I think that that makes it a little oversimplified, but sometimes it almost is that simple of just saying, I have new information now and I can move forward with this information and that's empowering and I can make decisions differently and more intentionally. Um, and then the second part with the artist way um, and just maybe an exercise that we could suggest if you're listening to this now and um, kind of in that um, place of wanting to gain more awareness or introspection. Um, I love the morning pages that are suggested in that. And I think it's pretty incredible. Um, even if you know, you're listening and you just wake up every morning and for five minutes you sit down and just allow yourself to write whatever comes to mind. I swear it's on the mornings that I'm like, annoyed and running late. And I'm like, I have nothing to say right now. I'm just going to stand here and doodle on this page. And then so much comes out of me. And I actually recognize maybe that was where that irritation was actually coming from is there was something within me that needed to be processed and worked through. And it always shocks me that when I sit down and I start to write, it almost doesn't feel like my conscious mind is even what's writing it. And it's coming from somewhere else that I'm allowing to be released. And oftentimes that's all I really needed. And then I can move on with the day or I'll reread it. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> I need to think about these things, you know, but if we don't create space for that awareness, we don't create space for ourselves to even let that out. How much are we walking around with just like knocking at the walls of our heart saying, you know, give me some, give me a voice. And so um, I would really encourage, I'll put that in the show notes as well, the artist's way. And then also just um, if, if you're listening and you want a little exercise to do just completely judgment free sitting down and letting yourself just write for a couple minutes. And it's incredible what will fill the pages for sure. Um, wonderful. And then when it comes to just kind of your own self-awareness and self-exploration journey, are there things that you found to be helpful or that you could suggest to people if they want to get to know themselves better, if they want to start diving into this in maybe a more non-traditional way or a way they haven't um, explored previously? Yeah, uh, I always uh, kind of laugh when I explain this because it really, really sounds like a shameless plug. Um, but there's a rhyme or reason to it. So I truly think that working with a coach or working with an individual other than yourself is the fastest and most efficient way to dive into your self-awareness journey. The reason being is because often these individuals like a coach, for example, is trained to help elicit those answers that you already have within you to come out. Um, but you can work, uh, you know, down the speed scale from there. So a little bit slower than that might be doing a class. A little bit slower than that might be just simply reading a book. A little bit slower than that might just be, um, uh, you know, buying a journal in which you answer a question every day. So there's a lot of different ways. Um, I like to say there's a lot of different ways you can slice a potato, um, but some ways are just more efficient than others. So I think truly working with an outside voice, an outside perspective, um, 
can just expedite your self-growth and your self-awareness. Um, a big part of that is truly just speaking this stuff out loud. So a lot of those things that I listed previously, um, with the with the exception of maybe taking a class or doing a, a group coaching program, um, you are really just sitting there with your thoughts. And a lot of times when you are just sitting there with your thoughts, you're not very good at self-coaching. You're not very good at identifying those um, limiting beliefs or those loops that you might be caught in. Um, they are great habits to have for exactly the reason you portrayed with the uh, morning pages of just like clearing something or emptying out your mind um, so that you can get to that point of clarity. But, you know, within all of us is whether you want to call it uh, your ego or, you know, that little inner gremlin, like there's a little part inside all of us that wants us to just stay the same. So you're always, when it's just you, yourself and I, you're always battling up against that inner sensor, inner gremlin, ego to stay the same. And I think if you're on the quest of self-awareness and self-discovery, you kind of don't want things to stay a hundred percent the same. Yeah. And I think it's also so interesting how much our unconscious manifests the same patterns over and over and over into our lives until we are able to bring them to light. But often it's the things in our unconscious that you would maybe call the shadows, the kind of darker areas, the things that we've suppress so much, but that are actually ruling our lives in ways that we could never imagine. And, and you can't out mantra that you can't wake up every day and say, I manifest these great things and I'm bringing good and I'm doing these things until you're willing to actually get pretty serious with your own growth and exploration and say, I don't want to just see the shiny, bright, good parts. I want to actually be willing to accept and see all the parts. And then with that, a, I think two things happen. You open the backpack you've been carrying around and you realize there's nothing in it. And you've been scared of this thing that you've been carrying around forever and um, maybe realize that it's it's been in our it's lived in our minds more than anything else. But but beyond that, it also, I think, allows us to walk such a different path of acceptance and unconditional self-love because. I think that if we can only love the shiny parts of ourselves, we are only going to expect other people around us to love the shiny parts of ourselves. And if we can actually get to that place of deep acceptance, it it almost then brings that to our conscious awareness that we are loved by everyone around us for all the parts, not just the you know shiny, sparkly things that maybe we would like to be seen for. Um, and that's been something for me that's been, I think, an unconscious pattern that I've repeated so many times. And it's almost like I joke it's like a bad lifetime movie sometimes that I feel like I'm living over and over where I'm like how is this happening again and it's it's comical until it's not and then I get to a point where I'm like you know I have got to be part of the common denominator and I have the awareness to recognize that and so unpacking and kind of maybe I you know sitting down and having tea with some of those dark aspects and and figuring out what it is that they're trying to guide me towards has been so helpful but also taken many years of you know, therapy, working with coaches, working with myself, being willing to actually see it. Because I do think the areas in our life that we feel the most resistance to, and even the people in our life that we feel the most resistance to are actually the ones that are our greatest teachers and the things we should lean into the most. And so it's not comfortable uh, by any stretch of the means, but it's a lot more uncomfortable to let that gremlin rule us and just stay completely the same and like white knuckle the path that we're on forever you know i mean i know that sounds kind of dramatic but that's that's what a lot of people do so within all of us and collectively right now you can see this but we have an addiction to being right so a lot of times what slows down our 
self-improvement journey is that we're just so addicted to being right what's really happening is we don't want to admit where we were wrong or we don't want to admit um, something like you said that might be uh, more of our shadow side or a more painful thing and one of my go-to journaling questions that i make literally everyone i work with answer frequently is you fill in the blank to this sentence it's what i need to admit is finish that sentence and this stuff that comes up with that can be so illuminating it can be so liberating but until you have take the time and the courage to admit what needs to be admitted essentially finding that root cause of whatever is going on you will continue in that process like you were explaining of it feels like this is happening all over again like you know feels like cycles are repeating until you can get to the core of that, which typically um, requires a um, confession of sort, like mm -hmm. what I need to admit is, uh, it will just keep repeating. Um, but if you can be brave and you can admit that hard thing, that's where I can see some of the most transformative moments with my clients because it just, you can't hide from it anymore either too, because you've articulated it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've brought it to light which is the only way that we can see things which is the only way then that maybe we can heal them um once the thing is admitted or it, or it's out on paper or spoken to you um are there things is it often that alone that starts the transformative process or are there things that then people can do to guide the next step from admitting you know whatever maybe that thing was that they've been holding on to yeah, that's kind of where it's unique to each individual. So at that moment, what happens is it creates a layer of accountability and it also creates that moment in self-development where you can't unknow something. Um, so a lot of things, especially like media and marketing and the wellness industry, like they paint self-development as this industry that is sunshine and rainbows and yeah, it feels so good, like good vibes, all this stuff what the answer to that question what i need to admit is does is it kind of puts a thorn in your side mm -hmm. and to each individual it depends how long you're willing to let that thorn be poking you in the side how annoying you're going to let that get before you start to act on it next because i think that truly is the next thing is action so and that can look unique and different to each individual as well but that's kind of what you need to be ready for next is making a change right yeah. And like recognizing that sometimes the one simple prompt is a catalyst for so much change that probably has been needed for quite some time. But it is almost like once you've said it, you can't go back. But you also can maybe recognize how untrue the confession is. Sometimes, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is like, maybe what I need to admit is that I feel unworthy of love. And that could be something that has been a really deep core belief that somebody has walked around with that now saying it out loud actually doesn't make it true. It allows us to recognize the ways in which it's not true, which I think is that is then, you know, that's transformative. There may be something else that's more of a confession that requires change in a different way of what I need to admit is I'm extremely unhappy at this job. I'm extremely unhappy in this living situation, you know, something like that, that requires a little bit of a different type of change. But like you said, you know, it's so unique to each person, but is also such a catalyst to awareness um, in one simple 
answer, which I think is so incredible because how long have we been walking around pushing down the answer to that question day in and day out, which is exhausting and causes us to be irritated and short tempered and, you know, having to lead with our ego, which is I'm right, you're wrong, my way, not yours. I'm not open to any suggestions. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it just bleeds into every aspect of our life where pretty soon we're you know, flipping someone off driving because we are so scared to admit this truth about ourselves, And it's like a domino effect, which I think is just, um, it's remarkable. Almost the, like the pain and suffering we intentionally continue to put ourselves through when there are so many answers that again, sound oversimplified, but actually are kind of simple. Um, but we choose to just resist and resist and resist yeah complicate it for sure the more complicated it is the more complicated it is the less likely we are to solve it Mm -hmm. and the reason we avoid solving it is again like i was saying you are just wired to stay the same to stay safe so if you avoid um if you avoid the simple thing through complexity then you're Mm going to stay safe you're going to stay the same you're going to you know you're going to be protected in that sense of right yeah yeah it's like the saying we would choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven it's like this is safe because mm-hmm. i know it to be true even if i'm in pain and even if i'm suffering I can predict it. You know, often we'll see that with maybe chaos kids that had maybe some type of trauma in childhood or even just a really chaotic upbringing. I will just continue to live in chaos because it's all I know, even though on the other side of that, there may be this like incredibly blissful, joy inducing place. But I'd rather pick familiarity, which to your point is safety, even though it's probably very unsafe to our nervous system to live in and unsafe to all these other aspects. But when you know what you know, you just you know, our bodies are incredible. Our minds are incredible and resilient and we can exist within that as long as we allow ourselves to, which is a blessing and a curse, I would say. Um, Do you have any other uh, prompts or um, like journal questions or things that you utilize that could be helpful for people listening that would like a lot, like kind of a launching point? Yeah. Another main one that I use. um, So the, what I need to admit is, is good if there is something hiding or just it seems like wherever you're at needs to go deeper. The other place that will, my clients will end up a lot is they're stuck. And like, we've all been there stuck in a different aspect. So a lot of times their language starts to shift. You can tell you're stuck when you say, I don't know over and over again. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's like nails on a chalkboard. So I stop my clients and I say, okay, this is how I need you to rephrase this. What I know is, and then you answer the question. Typically that one happens more out loud, but you could do that. You could do that journaling as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, it's just reframing a way of um, taking back in your own expertise about your life, about yourself, Mm -hmm. because usually when you're stuck, you've just given a lot of yourself over again to that first book we talked about that was Mm -hmm. written for someone else. Mm -hmm. You're stuck because you're following directions. You know, it's telling you to use wrench A and you don't have wrench A. You don't even know how to use wrench A. All you have is wrench B and you've had it your whole life. And it's the thing that's going to work and get you unstuck. But you're just zeroed in on wrench A. It's like, that's never going to help you. 
Mm-hmm. And the the I don't the perpetual I don't know allows us to stay stuck. Whereas how crazy to just reframe that simple question to what do you know? And it brought up a really interesting um, example. I have a friend that had been going to uh, therapy for a long time, was trying to kind of create a new blueprint for who she was looking to date. And the therapist kept saying, I want you to make a list of all the qualities that you want in someone. And she's like, I sat there and I stared at the page. And every time I wrote something down, I erased it. Or I even talked myself out of it. Or I said, but if this situation, they wouldn't need that. So she came back to the therapist and she's like, I can't do this. And he said, all right, well, let's start here. Let's make a list of the things that you don't want. And she's like, oh, you don't have enough pages. And she wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And it's incredible because maybe we say this person is dishonest. Well, can we just think about the opposite word of that? Then all the, you know, all the things that come up for us are clues and signs into the things that we do or don't want or that we do or don't know. So I love that you know, reframing, if the answer is just, I don't know, then what do you know? And then we can work backwards almost, you know, in the same way, if we're not sure what career progression or trajectory we want to take, or if we're not sure what the next move is, or we're stuck in this like phase of just navigating something new, writing down the things that we know to be true will then often give us the opposing side that maybe is the, I don't know answer we've been looking for. And I think it's really incredible that, as you said, that tool is in our hand. It's just maybe tilting our head a little bit to see how to use it differently or properly or or something. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's an interesting example um, that you just laid out uh, that I want to just dive into because I think it's applicable to a lot of different situations. So, uh, first of all, when you are saying, you know, it's not a bad exercise to make a list of the things you don't want. Okay, I'm looking for a new job. What do I not want mm-hmm. in my new job? I'm looking for a new place to live. What do I not want in my new place to live? The thing is, is that your brain doesn't filter that. So mm-hmm. like, for example, right now, if I say, Mikhail, don't think about a purple elephant. Mm-hmm. It's all I'm going to think Don't think about. about a purple elephant. <laughs> don't think about a purple elephant. No, it's right. just your, your brain is purple elephant. Like that's where yeah. it goes. Yeah. Um. So it can be, that can be a powerful way to get clarity, but I, I don't love that exercise mm-hmm. because if you are, more comfortable making a list of the things you don't want than making a list of the things you do want. I don't know if you really want that thing Mm -hmm. because you have a higher level of comfortability saying, I don't want this. Therefore pushing that away, Mm -hmm. like get that away from me, get that away from me, get that away from me. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no energy then that's centering around calling in what it is that you do want. So Mm -hmm. I would then that would be a place where I would say, what do you need to admit? Yeah. Because yeah. there's probably a deep-seated thing there of, you know, you're not fully loving yourself, so you can't call in a partner. Or you're not fully mm-hmm. seeing your leadership abilities, so you can't call in a promotion yet. Like, it, it, you ha- this is where language is so important and why, again, I suggest, like, working with a coach or working with a therapist or working with somebody in which you can articulate things out loud. Because if they're really good at their craft, they're going to find that language mm-hmm. and be able to call it out to say... Yeah, you're saying one thing, but energetically, it means another. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, to that point, energetically, I think it's so interesting because, you know, again, to use the the romantic relationship or partnership example, it's pretty crazy how if whatever we say we become or what we think we become. And so it's it's interesting to watch somebody maybe. And of course, you know, tale as old as time, the start of a relationship is often bliss and honeymoon and, and whatnot. But you hear the people speaking really highly of that person and they just show up for me and they plan these fun dates and they do these great things. And oftentimes nothing has changed other than the language around that person 
And that energetically creates change. He never calls. He doesn't do what he says he's going to do. He's probably going to turn out like all the rest of my partners have. And it's so interesting because that language and then the energy that we put out around it creates all of the next do like dominoes to fall in our lives. And I think that's something I've definitely been guilty of. And I'm working on because when those thoughts come up, I have awareness to them now. And I'm like, that is not what I want to create. So I'm not even, I'm going to change the channel in my brain. Like, yes, I can accept that thought. Like you said, the purple elephant, I can't help when all these thoughts are flying through my brain, but I can, I can direct my thoughts to the things that I actually want to become my reality and the things that I want to give energy toward. And I can actively not give energy to the things that I know are just stories my brain's telling me or trying that little gremlin to go, let's just do it all over again. Let's just come back to the safety, which is not the fun place to be, but it's just, it's really remarkable and as much as it can again feel overwhelming because it's like oh my gosh i already do a billion things a day now i have to monitor my thoughts and it's like that's actually where it all starts and that's what the billion of the other things you know come into play around you is just what are you doing right when you wake up what are you consuming what are you thinking about how and the thoughts just really do become our reality and it's it's so amazing and and makes my head spin but also really empowering to start to realize and then backpedal and look at how many things we've accidentally created in our lives that we maybe didn't want to so um yeah that's it's a lot but it's it's a it's a good path to be on i think and i i love this conversation i feel like it's always really inspiring to me just to learn more about myself or open myself up into ways that I can maybe have new tools for the toolbox or learn how to use the tools that, you know, to your point, maybe I've been holding this whole time and trying to use someone else's. Um, you had mentioned uh, three different things that maybe um, some of our listeners could do to gain more self-awareness. Uh, would you mind sharing those things now? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I already mentioned things like journaling, working with a coach, um, meditation for sure would be one of those things. Um, a couple other things would be one is being clear on what it is that you are trying to learn or trying to grow in. So setting a goal, just like you would like a business goal around how you're trying to improve or how you want your self-development journey to look like, because then you can filter through a lot of the noise, a lot of the things that come at you. Um, I think a lot of places where we go astray is we're not clear on how we're trying to improve our lives so that when things get thrown at us, it's like, oh, maybe I want to learn about yoga now. Oh, maybe I want to learn about holistic healing. Oh, maybe I want to, you know, you can go everywhere mm -hmm. um, and nowhere at the same time. Um, the second thing is uh, for those of you who are maybe feeling a little more courageous is asking other people, you know, what five words would you use to describe me? What do you think are my strengths? What do you see as my blind spots? Um, to what you were saying earlier, make sure it's trusted people, people whose opinion you do really want to hear. Um, and that can be really illuminating to show you, you know, either on one hand, really affirm what you already know about yourself, or on the other hand, oh, I, you know, that's something I got to work on. And a third thing, I think you'd mentioned um, like some websites for the next one if people wanted some awareness. So I know you said human design. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I can I can link all those too. Um, can you tell us a little bit about human design? And I'm sure we'll dive into it in future conversations that we have. But I would just love to give people a little bit of insight on how that can enrich their lives. Yeah. So let's call thing number three. Just we'll call it like 
personality assessments, quizzes, awesome. things like that. Um, and a couple things there. So one, yeah, human design. So this is, uh, you talk about this on this podcast, this could be maybe more in like the woo category, mm -hmm. um, though I thoroughly believe in it and use it and advocate for it. Um, but it's based on the date and time location of when you were born. So what was going on astrologically? And it pulls in a lot of different modalities, but it's energy based. So that can be a really cool way to see, you know, where are you leaking energy? How can you better honor your energy? Things like that. Second thing um, would be something like a strengths finder. So instead of asking your friend what your top five strengths are, ask the strengths finders quiz and take it yourself and get those descriptions and use that to guide, you know, things that you do, things that you don't do. And then the last thing is a free website. It's 16personalities.com. And it's it's sort of like Myers-Briggs. That's what it reminds me of. But they have their own descriptions. And it's a free quiz. Awesome. So literally put it on your to-do list to get done this week. Take it and talk with your coworkers or your friends about what you found about yourself. Um, and then I didn't say this, but with human design, I like to use the website myhumandesign.com. Perfect. Awesome. And I will link all three of those in the notes so that people have access to them. I think that all of those things, no matter on what like woo woo scale they fall or not, it's just more information that we can use as tools. I even think if you were to take something that's like, what animal are you? It's interesting what it will bring up, because even if it's something that doesn't have a lot of basis, you either feel very strongly like for or against. You can ask yourself what's yes. coming up in you. You can ask yourself, why am I so defensive to this response? And I think that no matter what, it's just another tool being handed to you to hold the mirror to yourself or another piece of the mirror that you can use to look into. And I think it's really incredible. Um, I know that in some of the conversations we've had, you've spoken to your um, human design, being helping you, again, like maybe decrease some of the resistance. You get to know yourself a little better. So, you know, here's some of the things that I need. And I can just be confident that these are my needs or these are how I really shine or this is the way that I prefer to navigate these situations. And it's just, again, more tools to utilize to decrease the the roadblocks that we face in some of those big decisions. So um, I am excited to talk to you about that more. And again, I'll, I'll link all those um, for anyone that's listening that is interested in learning more about themselves and those around them. Um, I think they're all great tools. And then just lastly, as we kind of close this initial conversation, I promise you guys there will be more of Kelsey to come. I cannot wait to have her back on for another conversation, but I'd love for you just to leave our listeners with a little thought or mantra or something um, that they can take with them for the rest of their day. Yeah, the first thing that's coming up to me is just the general concept of like, keeping your edge, keeping your sharpness as a human being. And I think self-development is one of those things. If you're feeling like a dull butter knife lately, like that's probably an indicator that you got to dive into some of these things. Maybe do some of these journaling exercise, like sharpen yourself back up because that is a really cool way to honor your human experience, your time here on this planet. And I think the mantra <laughs> that I'll offer up today is simply everything is. So instead of making, you know, everything's going to, you know, heck in a handbasket right now, mm -hmm. or everything's great. Like everything is, everything is existing. Everything can be as simple as that. And it ends at is because it doesn't need to be any more than that. I love that. Everything is. And we don't have to put other labels to that. It just is, which is 
so powerful in itself and allows us to stop finishing that sentence all day long to put labels in and put our put things in a box instead it just is and we can observe it and take what we want and leave what we don't so thank you so much kelsey i appreciate you immensely cannot wait to further this conversation and i'd love any comments or questions people have after listening to this so that we can have some new material to discuss the next time we have you on that sounds great thank you awesome. Mikhail. thank you we'll talk to you soon